When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That's truly going to be the case for the quarterbacks on this team, specifically Justin Fields. This was another good week to take some inventory on his progress. I think there are two conversations with Justin Fields right now. There's the one that's being had as essentially a shouting match in the public forum on, on whether he is, you know, a possible MVP or a guy who, who may not have a, a job as a, a starter at Hallis Hall a year from now. And then there's the one internal that's truly micro-focused and day-to-day and and grounded in the what do we do today to push forward. And so we were able to talk to Andrew Janoko, the quarterback's coach this week. We were ta- able to, to, to get another update from Luke Getze. And I think what you um, kind of zoom out and see when you see the big picture with Justin is that comparatively to last year at this time, his knowledge of this offense is miles ahead of where it was. His understanding of what he's seeing from opposing defenses is miles ahead of where it was a year ago. And now it's all about how do we apply this in year two with some of these new pieces around, uh, around you? How do we understand what the coaching staff is asking of you specifically? And how do we turn that into efficiency and production in NFL games when the lights go on in a couple of weeks? That's truly going to be an interesting uh, thing to watch. One of the questions I asked Luke Getze on Wednesday was when September 10th arrives, there's obviously going to be an eye test for everybody that is in a, a coaching booth or, or on the sideline for the Bears to try to figure out whether the progress they think that Justin has made since the spring and and through the summer uh, is where it is or, or, or if it's not. And so the question to Luke was essentially, what are you going to be looking for? What is going to tell you about where Justin is at when you get your first regular season game? Here was his answer. There's not one thing in particular. I think playing the position, it's important that you're in control, right? And and what that means is you're taking care of the football, right? You, you're not getting surprised by anything. And if you do, then how do you respond to those things that did surprise you? And if, and if you're able to respond in the way that, you know, not necessarily wins the games for you, but doesn't lose the games for you, you know, you're on, you, you know you've prepared somebody for that opportunity. And then as the season goes, and it's just like we talk about in here, he's got he's to get better each and every day. He's got to get better each and every game. Everybody on our team does. And so we can see that growth will be good. So studs, this was uh, you know just kind of some refreshing insight from the offensive coordinator, the guy who is um, overseeing Justin's development to this point, and it's a reminder that he is still a young, developing quarterback climbing the ladder, trying to get himself to that position where uh, eventually he, hopefully, if all stars align, becomes the guy that is the engine of all the success you ever have. You know, and he, he's what what those star quarterbacks in this league are, which is again the engine that propels everything. Right now, you hear in the offensive coordinator's voice just a little bit of 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 caution. Of okay, here are some of the 
the, the, the just basic steps we're trying to take so that eventually maybe those steps can turn into a leap. Oh yeah. And, and that's the, 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 and I know we'll get into the kind of MVP hyperbole in a, in a few minutes here, but like, like I think that some of the Justin Fields expectations and talk have gotten so out of control this off season that what gets he's saying, it's good to hear that at least in a house hall. And I've gathered this through most of the off season too, is their expectations seem much more grounded than outside of house hall. Like they know that it's still a stepping stone for Justin Fields. He still needs to be able to be a consistently above or even average passer. Right. 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 And so like what he's saying there in that clip we just played, like, don't lose us games. There was a couple times last year where he threw, you know, like the Falcons game. And I know there was a lot of talk that went into the, the that last drive where what he ended up throwing a pick on an overthrown ball to David Montgomery that that ended the game. Right. So stuff like that, like basic things like that, eliminate those. And I know there was some data, some debate about the interception against the Packers that ended the game where, you know, did Equinemi St. Brown need to run that route harder, whatever the, the pick went on Justin Fields, record. And that pick ended the game f- for the most part. So little things like that, like don't throw picks in the fourth quarter when we're trying to, trying to, to, to go down and win the game like that is the kind of stepping stone that you're looking for and then we can get to the mvp talk if if he takes the step as a is, a, is an nfl passer first the, the lions game at soldier field another example that was earlier in the fourth quarter but it was still significant where you 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 over you you miss throw a, a screen pass and it's a pick six and then you do bounce back from that and you break off a big touchdown run that that makes up for it but the key is to have that big touchdown run not be making up for an error it's 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 to, to have it be the play that wins you the game and then you don't have to to look back after that so it is a a reminder and i i think it is going to be really really fun i guess overall to to watch everything unfold in uh, the, the month of September. You know, there's going to be a great test mm-hmm. here for this team and they're going to get a lot of reps and a lot of action to, to figure out where this whole thing heads. Right. And, and I think that just, I hope that bears fans out there, specifically the ones that are so hyped up about him can like reel their expectations in just a little bit, you know, like it might not, it's not going to look great. I mean, look, if he comes out and he's on fire from the start of the season, that's great. But but the expectations for him have to be less than MVP talk and more than what it was last year. It's got it's somewhere in there, a step forward between this wide ranging area. It's got to be somewhere in there. And that's that's what that's what you have to be looking for. You can't be talking about like like if you're making a legitimate bet on him to be MVP this year, it's I I hope. It'd be great if you don't throw away your money, but it's not the time to do that. It's just like it's the same kind of thing when there was Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky MVP talk before 2019. That got so out of control. And it's just like, what are we doing here? Yeah. And I, I'll get back to some of that in a couple minutes. And obviously there is a, a you know, a depth chart here at the position that, that we're going to have to keep an eye on. And Saturday is another opportunity to lock in on what has become, you know, one of the city's uh, biggest fascination points right now in August with this team. And it's who's going to be the backup quarterback. There's a open competition in Matt Eberflus's uh, words between uh, PJ Walker and Tyson Bajan, and maybe even perhaps Nathan Peterman. And there, there's an opportunity here 
uh, for both of those guys to state a case on Saturday for for why they deserve that role. Bajan obviously is coming off the performance in Indy where he leads the 17-play, 92-yard touchdown drive and and gives uh, a lot of people a license to dream, to think that, that maybe they've got a little diamond in the rough from, from Little Shepherd U in Division II in West Virginia that, that can be developed into something greater. And that has coincided with P.J. Walker's struggles both in preseason game action and some inconsistency during uh, training camp. And so now, Studs, you've got a, a situation mm-hmm. where even the coaches are are talking about leaving this open for interpretation, trying to judge and figure out which which way this all heads. And it is it's I guess it's good to see that they've seen what we've seen, which is P.J. Walker hasn't been good. And some and the other two guys, other two quarterbacks on this roster have at times looked Better than him. Now you're at House Hall on a daily basis, and you're watching yeah. these more practices than me. So, like you know, you would be better able to say who's been better in practices. But everyone I hear, whether it's yourself, Brad Biggs, or you know our own Mark Grody, the score say PJ Walker's been consistently inconsistent throughout camp, and so for the coaches now, even Matt Eberflus just today Thursday saying that yeah, the competition's open and that the competition in camp drove that means that, yeah, like maybe it's, it's a combination of PJ Walker hasn't been good enough. And, and Nathan Peterman and, and Tyson Bajan in particular have made some noise. And so they have to give them serious looks. So yeah, it's now, now whether I, in, you know, we'll, we'll get to it in a minute here about whether I think it would be malpractice or not to have Tyson Bajan as your number two quarterback entering the season. But like, like, I, I am very curious to see how this plays out now on Saturday because it's it sounds like Saturday is going to have a lot of weight on who takes that job eventually. Yeah, it, well, it, it will certainly factor in. It'll be part of the pie chart of the evaluation. I think with Walker, I think the, the coaching staff's trying to figure out what they should trust more, what they've seen with their eyes here in the last six weeks or, or the six years of experience and some of the um, mm-hmm. starts that he's made and, and the ability to, to play successful and the experience that he brings and, and the knowledge of the NFL game at this level that can be very valuable in that role. Again, not only if you're needed to play, but as a resource to Justin as he goes through the week-to-week right. process and, and, and has someone to, to help him and, and lean on and in that regard. And so that'll be interesting. And, and, and Bajan certainly like, I think the thing that really struck me on Saturday that we talked about earlier in the week was not only um, just the way he went down the field on the touchdown drive, but it was just the, the calm and, and and it just seems very natural for him. He, again, he threw for 17,000 yards in college. He's played yeah. 53 games at Shepard. So it, it, he's got experience and he's got this library and he's got this calm about him. That's really valuable. And then he gets up in the post game afterwards and also seemed to meet that moment, which is uh, not a huge deal, but it's not nothing either. It's just a, a guy who feels very comfortable in his own skin, very comfortable in his abilities. And he's, he's trying to squeeze the most out of it at this time of year. Um, again, we got the, the chance to hear from Luke Getze earlier in the week. Here is uh, some of what he said, obviously, Obviously, again, Luke always grounded, uh, always offers that perspective that 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 keeps the the helium from uh, taking us away and floating away. Here's what what Luke Getzey had to say. Everybody has a shot, right? All, all, all three guys have done a really nice job through training camp. I think you guys have seen, um, like like most of the guys in our in our training camp, there's been good days and bad days for for uh, for everybody. Those three specifically, so uh we're taking all that in and you know I know he had he had a great drive and that makes that's exciting for people and but that's one drive so we it's, we're going to make that part of the evaluation uh but we're going to take the whole training camp uh evaluation before we make a decision like that 
So yeah, I mean, like, look, they're gonna, they're going to make this decision, and and Luke was very clear to say, look, this is this is one drive in a preseason game in 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 August, and and it's really exciting for a lot of people, but we got to see a big picture, and a very very clear big picture, and so they're gonna they're gonna work through it. Um, look, like roster cuts come next week early, and the final uh, or the the initial fifty three man roster is due on Tuesday. That's one of the most compelling decisions on the roster, along with how many running backs you keep and what does the wide receiver depth chart look like and what are you doing at defensive end? Um, yeah, I mean, and, and so, you know, let, let's get that game on Saturday at Soldier Field. Let's get a little bit more of a sample size to 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 compare. I will say, like, it is – I did not expect us to be having a backup quarterback controversy when training camp started. It's And it's nice to be able to talk about – the backup quarterback, because there's so much that we've made of the backup quarterback in, in, in for the Chicago Bears over the last, I don't know how many years, just because of the way that the starting quarterback is played. And so the quote has always been you know, the, the, the favorite quarterback for fans in Chicago is the backup quarterback. And so it's great to talk about the backup quarterback and just who's going to be the backup quarterback and not have people saying this guy should be the starting quarterback. That, that I think feels really good, but, when it comes to like how this all plays out, this how I still feel about it is, and you touched on this, P.J. Walker has actual NFL experience and has won actual NFL games, has thrown to D.J. Moore, right? Yep, yep. You can't say that for Tyson Bajan. And so to go into the idea of him winning the backup quarterback position, I think is is still kind of – let me, let me rephrase this. You can't go into the season with a rookie quarterback in, who has zero NFL experience as your backup quarterback to Justin Fields, who I think still needs that guy in his ear that has NFL experience. You know, like a guy uh, almost kind of what Chase Daniel was at one point for Mitchell Trubisky. And Chase Daniel was like, to do all the X's and no's, you get on the field. It's like, I don't know about this. But uh, I don't think you can you – can, go into the season with with Bajan as your backup quarterback and and feel good about that because at that point you got you have to let PJ Walker go because you're not keeping him right you're not keeping three quarterbacks on the roster and what's he gonna he's not gonna sit here and be a third string quarterback he can go find a backup job somewhere else so I just don't I I see PJ Walker still being the backup quarterback when when all said and done unless unless I unless you feel like Nate this is what this is how I look at it let's just sum it all up I look at the backup quarterback job right now as a battle between Nathan Peterman and PJ Walker. And then Tyson Bajan is a real candidate for the practice squad. Correct. I think Correct. I think that one of the other two will be the backup quarterback and Tyson Bajan ideally ends up back in Chicago on the practice squad, assuming he clears waivers, which I feel like he probably would. Right. And, and in a nutshell, it's it, it, it's a riskier dice roll to go and do the regular season with an undrafted rookie out of Division two as your number two quarterback than it is right. to wait 24 hours and see if somebody happens to claim that guy. And then you can fit him on your practice squad and, and hopefully uh, just continue with business as, as normal from there. Um, and so we'll we'll watch it. You know, we'll watch it unfold early next week. Um, we will we will figure out what that whole thing looks like and and and. Hopefully, it is a uh, a valuable exercise for this coaching staff to, to have this opportunity Saturday to watch them them play against the Bills. And here's here's the the last thing I, I want to say on, on this. And I know you and David talked about this a little bit. The idea of Tyson Bajant 
clearing waivers. We had Mike Florio on the score earlier in the week, and he said that the noise he's seen about him has made it made him feel like he hasn't necessarily – he the noise he's heard about Bajan makes him feel like he wouldn't clear waivers, like someone would pick him up. And I heard that, and I said, dude, are you serious? Like it's it's in as much as I know that he has a ton of experience and I know that from what we've seen in the two preseason games he's looked comfortable and I really liked what he said post game where he said where he where Tyson Bajant said that the fact that he's played in I think it was for three different offensive coordinators when he was in college gave him a taste of what all different kinds of offenses are. And that makes it so that way what he's seen in Lucchetti's offense is like vaguely familiar. And that's why he's able to pick it up. And you can tell he's a smart kid. So so he's absolutely able to learn this stuff. And he just played a lot of football. But it's Division Two football. He's been playing against third and fourth strainers. He, right. I, if a team wants to pick him up on waivers and make him a, make him your number two quarterback or put him on your 53 well, man roster, go for it. No one's doing it to make him the number two. No one in the world exactly. would do that. Yeah. But, but but if somebody wanted to do it to make him the number three, they could. Look, I lived through uh, Tanner Gentry and Daniel Braverman mania when people thought that those yeah. guys would never make it to the practice squad because they had you know good training camps and impressive preseasons. People forget that there's 31 other camps going on around the league and that there are things happening in the, those camps that we have no idea about. You know, and so to think that this is the center of the football universe and everybody is paying attention to every throw and everything that Tyson Bajan does um, is just a little bit off with what the reality is. 